Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. The story of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. Hear these words of scripture. Jesus, full of spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during these days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil then led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all of the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. But the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Linda. If you ask my mother-in-law a question, like, Mama, how old is Cousin Maya? She will, if she doesn't know the answer, she'll say, 42. Now, the answer really isn't 42. Maya's like in her 20s. But she doesn't know, and so it's that's her shorthand for it, 42. Or if you ask her something like, how long have you been working on that art project? And she answers, 142 days then you know it's been a long time. She doesn't know exactly how long, but it's been a long time. And so that's kind of what I think about when I see this number 40 in Scripture. It's a number, 40 is a number that we see over and over again throughout the Old and the New Testaments. And it signifies a long time. Probably not exactly 40 days or, or 40 years, but it's been a long time. And it also shows us and it, it calls our attention to whatever is happening because something important is about to happen. 40 days of rain fell when the earth was flooded in Genesis. Moses was on Mount Sinai without food for 40 days. Israel was in the wilderness, wandering for 40 years. And Jesus is in the wilderness in today's story for 40 days. How long has it been since COVID hit us? 40 years, right? How long until spring break? 40 days. 
How long has your loved one been gone? Forty long years. Whatever it is, it's a long time. And it's impacted you in a meaningful way. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, for a long time, without food. And so the devil is there, and he comes and he tries to tempt Jesus. And I can imagine that the devil, the tempter in this story, comes at this point because he knows that if there is ever any chance that he is going to break Jesus, it's here when he's exhausted and he's tired, he's hungry and probably thirsty in the desert. We've all been there. We've been exhausted and overwhelmed, feeling alone, and that's when we can hear that little devil on our shoulder, right? And that's when that devil on our shoulder, it's loud. It's louder in those moments, tempting us to do the things that we wouldn't otherwise do or believe the things that we wouldn't otherwise normally believe. Like, you're not good enough. You can't do that. Or they don't love you anymore. You can't do this. You're not strong enough for this. But Jesus knows what the devil, the tempter, is trying to do. And so he chooses his words very carefully so that they will have the most impact. In each response, Jesus is actually quoting Moses when Moses presented his divine law, God's divine law, to the Israelites. We know the Ten Commandments best, but Moses' whole speech there in, in Deuteronomy is where we read it. It guides the Israelites on how to order and sustain their lives. And it's in that speech that Moses reminds the Israelites saying, remember the long way that the Lord has led you through these 40 years in the wilderness? God humbled you, giving you only manna to eat when you were hungry in order to make you understand that one does not live by bread alone, but in every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So when Jesus then quotes these, these words of Moses, to the devil, he is calling back all that the Israelites went through, all of that struggle in the wilderness, and how God, in those moments, sustained them, gave them exactly what they needed, no more, no less, each and every day. To the devil's first temptation, the devil said, why don't you sustain yourself, Jesus? You have the power yourself. You don't need God to sustain you. But Jesus says to him, God is the true source of my sustenance, my physical sustenance and otherwise. Every good thing, including bread, comes from God because God is the fountain of blessing at the center of my life. And with an open and humble spirit, Jesus says, I will trust God to care for me, not my power, not with my own might or in my own hand, but by God. That's all that he says when he says, 
when he says that to the devil in that first temptation. And then the second temptation, it's all about glory. Saying, the devil saying, worship me, and all of this can be yours. And then with the third, it's security. Jesus proved that God will keep you safe, that you are God's beloved. I know that God said that, but is it true? And again and again, Jesus quotes Moses, telling the devil and reminding us, I am to worship and serve God first and only, not as an idol, but as a beloved. And I am to trust and love God as a child would love and trust a caring parent, not putting God to the test saying, well, if you really loved me, you would do this for me. He says, God doesn't just sustain me, but God guides me and loves me. God gives me everything I need. All of that is encapsulated when he uses those words of Moses. Now, the devil's three temptations for Jesus, they really give us those three major questions of life. Who do you trust for your nourishment? your physical nourishment, and your spiritual nourishment? Who do you trust with your service, with your time, with your energy, with all that you are? Who do you trust? And who do you trust to love and to care for you, to have your best interest in mind? The devil will whisper to us, well, you don't need to trust God for nourishment You can trust yourself for that. You can give yourself those things. And with your service, don't trust God, trust me. And for loving care, well, let's be honest. Who can you really trust for that? Can you really trust God? But to all of those little whispers in our ears, Jesus is declaring, proclaiming, and shouting the truth. Yes, God does love you. God loves all of us. God is the one that we are made to trust with humility and with grace for nourishment and guidance and care. We are made to be in relationship with God. I think one thing that the devil forgot, or or at least underestimated in this story, was that right before this, Right before this happens, Jesus is baptized. He was filled and empowered with God's Spirit in his baptism. So that when he was then tempted, even though he was exhausted and he was starving and he was parched, he was not going to be swayed because he wasn't relying solely on his power. He had God's strength within him. He wasn't just proclaiming that and saying that with his words, but by what he was doing, he was also proclaiming it. We've all experienced those, or or we are experiencing the struggles and the hardships and the heartaches that have been going on, those things that feel like forever, 40 days or 40 years This child has not slept through the night in 40 days. You've been dealing with health problems for 40 
years. So this Lent, we're not going to focus on all of those hardships and those difficulties because we know those things, right? We've experienced those things. They are real every single day. This Lent, we are going to focus on the promises of God that spill over like an oasis in the desert. We're going to be reminded of the truth that God fills us to the brim with God's Spirit each and every day. God's love and God's hope and courage and joy, it fills us up and it spills over into our everyday lives, even in the midst of our desert, even in the midst of the exhaustion and the suffering. So when we get to the end of these 40 days, and really, it's actually more than 40 days, we are ready to jump into that wellspring of Easter with both feet. And I say that that Easter is actually a little more than 40 days because from Ash Wednesday until Easter, I forget the actual number. Oh, it's, gonna, it's, out, it's 46 because there's six Sundays. And each Sunday, did you know, they're little Easter's, right? Because we're Easter people. So on Sunday, we get to celebrate. And we are going to celebrate God's abundance and God's love as we look over to this altar, this communion table, we're reminded of God's abundance spilling out. As we come to Christ's table, we are reminded that this cup is filled to the brim, and I really kind of did fill it to the brim this week, of God's love, of God's grace. It is flowing out for each and every one of us, and all we have to do is come and receive. And so I invite you now, as we prepare ourselves to receive, let us empty ourselves first. Let us confess all those things that that separate us from God and slough off all of that so that we can then be completely and utterly filled with God's love and God's grace, God's joy and peace, the things that we want and so desperately need in our lives. Friends, we worship a God who thankfully does not keep score, who doesn't hold grudges. We worship a God who invites us into this richer faith, into a deeper love and a more compassionate existence with millions and millions, 40 million chances to try again. So let us speak truth into our lives, asking for God's help where we need it. Let us pray this prayer of confession together. It is a call and response, and I encourage you to to share and, and speak the words that are in bold. Holy God, when we think that expansive life is about power, teach us a new way. Gracious creator, when we think that expansive life is about material wealth, teach us a new way. Gracious author, when we think that expansive life is about control, teach us a new way. 
Teach us to live as you live. Forgive us when we don't. Gratefully we pray. Amen. Siblings in Christ, no matter how many times we mess up, no matter how far we wander from God, no matter how lost we might feel, God's grace is full to the brim. It overflows into our desert places. It finds us where we are, and it covers us in mercy. Hear and believe and join me in proclaiming this good news. God's love is overflowing. We are drenched in mercy. Thanks be to God. Amen. On the night in which Jesus gave himself for us, he took the bread from his table, and after giving thanks to God, he broke the bread, and he told his disciples, take and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. And then when the supper was over, he took the cup, and again, after giving thanks to God, he told his disciples, this is the cup of my new covenant, given for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it. Remember this, that this is for you and for many, that this is my love. Most holy God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. May it overflow onto these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. Until Christ comes in final victory and we get to feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. The body of Christ, broken for you. The blood of Christ, shed for you. Good and gracious God, we are grateful for your grace, for your unending love that is there if we so boldly step into our faith and receive it. God, fill us with your spirit so that when we are in the wilderness, we know you are there. When we are in the jungle, we know you are there. When we're in the city or the country, wherever we are, O oh God, we will be confident that you fill us to overflowing with your grace and your hope 
that it might flow out of us into this world that so desperately needs it. We pray these things in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to stand as we sing our closing song together. That's not right.
You may be seated. I got myself all confused. It wasn't the, necessarily the closing song. We still have to pray. And then I looked in the back, and my husband is holding a little tiny baby, and I got real confused. <laughs> it's somebody else's. Okay, we're good. <laughs> I do have a few prayers that have come through. Um, Ruth asked for prayers for her daughter-in-law, Julie, who had spinal surgery this past Thursday. And Elizabeth asked for prayers for her dad, Les, um, prayers to heal from pneumonia and to be able to get weaned off of oxygen so he can be more uh, mobile. And also prayers of thanks that he's settled in nicely to his assisted living home. Good. Also prayers for Ukraine and that our leaders make good and right choices. And for all those grieving the loss of a loved one this week for Jenny and George. It is good that we are able to come together, to be united in prayer and know that God hears our prayers and responds to us. Let us go to our Lord now. God who knows us, we are amazed by you. Your love never runs out. Your hope never runs dry. Your joy never gives up. We wish that we could be more like you in that way. In a world that loves scarcity, your abundance is shocking. In a world that knows fear, your joy is compelling. And in a world that knows anxiety, your peace is captivating. We long for these things. So today we ask you to be with us on this hamster wheel of life. To be with us when compassion fatigue rears her head. Be with us when stress makes it hard to breathe and self-doubt pushes in close. Be with us when exhaustion becomes constant. Or when loneliness becomes our primary language. Be with us and show us the way to life, the way to a life that you long for us. Show us a life of expansive faith, O oh God, of overflowing joy, absorbing beauty, and engrossing purpose. God, show us a life that is honest and rich and meaningful as the one that Jesus led. And until that expansive and holy day, we will continue to gather together, to gather our voices in our spirits, our hearts in prayer, until that day when we can look to you right in front of us and glimpse your goodness face to face. God, we are amazed by you. Your love, it never runs out. And so we pray that you bring that never-ending love here. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. As we pray together the prayer that he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Before we leave this place together, I want to give you a few opportunities and ways that you can live into our mission of creating safe spaces to grow with God and one another, not just in this place, but in your daily life. And that's easy for Lent because we have several opportunities to grow through our studies. One is that Jenny will be leading 24 Hours That Change the World. It begins today, following this service at 11 o'clock in the chapel. And then also beginning today, on Sunday evenings, Reverend Kathy DeCrete will lead a class called Sacred Rhythms. It's on Sunday evenings, 7 o'clock online. And then on Wednesday, I will be leading a class online at 7 o'clock with the book Witness at the Cross. Each of these studies is an opportunity to grow and, and prepare ourselves for Easter, to learn, to journey together, and grow in different ways. And I encourage you to check one of them out. Um, you can purchase books for my study, this, The Witness at the Cross, or 24-hour study, or you can just show up because we can all learn together no matter what we bring. And then also, Jenny it will be still leading her spiritual practices class. That's at 9.15 Sunday mornings in the chapel. That's the one she was running from to get here for children's moment. And then also there is the walking prayer labyrinth that is in the fellowship hall each Sunday during Lent. Many different opportunities to grow. And then our missions committee here at BUMC has challenged us to match a $1,000 donation to Nehemiah Mission. And the missions committee, if we raise, as a congregation, if we raise $1,000, the mission committee will donate $1,000 as well, and then we have a generous donor from the church who will also donate $1,000. So if we collectively raise $1,000, it'll get turned into $3,000 because Jesus math, and that's how it works. Okay, do we, do we figure that one out, right? Okay, and then also you can check out um, all of the great things that Nehemiah is doing. There's opportunities to go um, on a couple of mornings, and that information is in your bulletin as well as the link tree. And then also there is a survey on the link tree, and there's also paper surveys here in the back, and that is a survey about our um, Sunday morning schedule. We're taking a look at it, what's working, what's not, what do we like, what do we really just don't, and talking about that together and how can we take what we have and how can we make it fit us and who we want to be into the future. And so we would love for you to take this survey. Um, we have a task force of, of a variety of people from our congregation looking at these surveys and figuring and discerning this with God's wisdom. And then finally, I do want to make sure everyone knows that we have a new office manager. Jacqueline Torres is our new office manager, and I would love for you to send her an email or stop into the office um, and say hi to her. She is here um, Monday through Friday from 9.30 to 2.30 each day, and she will help us um, with, as the financial secretary, she will help us to keep, all, keep track of us and keep us on task here in the church office, which is a very big job. So maybe you should also pray for her as well. And then finally, we don't want to only 
offer our prayers for Ukraine. We know that that is a very important thing to be praying with those people, but we also have an opportunity to give um, our financially to Ukraine. In, there's on the link tree, there's information how you can do that through the United Methodist Committee on Relief. So 100% of what is given goes directly to Ukraine and where it is needed for humanitarian relief. And so that is something that we can do as well as offering our prayers. And so with all of that, let us go into our week. Let us receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. God, we gather as your people to raise our song above and we dare to claim the promise of your love. Though the day may not yet be here, we trust it soon will be when your children will be free. May our hearts and minds be opened when the church shows
wonderful week. Thank you. Yeah.